0: Hey guys. This is Mike Badano and you're listening to Sarcastic Remarks. Hey guys, welcome back to Sarcastic Remarks along with Chris to my right and James to my left. My name is Ryan. We are the official Dallas Stars podcast of THPN. Go and use that promo code THPN next time you go and use our sponsor DraftKings Sportsbook. We appreciate them for being our sponsor. Hey guys, how's it
1: going? The, the robotic intro comes back like once every other week. I don't know what's up with it. It's strange.
0: It's pretty consistent. I don't know what to tell you. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> <A little> work <laughs> in progress here. Yeah. Sorry. It's not going but, away. I know, yeah. But hey, guess what? I got some new Christmas presents, so I'm going to show everybody this real quick. But so, oh, I got I got a cult cool up, of James. Sorry. So as you can see, I'm in the skyline of Dallas, right? As you can Crazy.
1: see. Crazy. As but I.
0: not not exactly because right behind me is actually a green screen so pretty cool That's it's having cool. i'm having a lot of fun with it i've been messing with it quite a bit over the past couple of days so kind of neat for me to be able to do this now fun little toy useless but still fun so anyways uh we got a lot of stuff to talk about here tonight you guys uh we've got a little bit of some Frederick Olofsson stuff to talk about because he was really good in his first game called up. And we'll maybe we'll talk about him. Is he going to stay on the fourth line? Maybe he goes up and plays with Sagan, possibly. Uh, we're going to mention uh, Ottinger and how well he's been playing. James has got some stats for us there. Uh, Rope Hintz, since he signed his contract, he's been a goal-scoring machine. It's absolutely insane how he's taken over for Robertson in that particular aspect and then we got a couple of questions that i kind of put out on social media i just said hey what do you want to hear us talk about and we got some questions from you guys about what you would like to see us talk about so and we'll get to those and then our who cares segment which of course like always we always prepare months in advance for so where do we want to start off tonight gentlemen because we don't have to go in that order what do we want to do first
1: I do want to talk about Olafson first. I mean, I, I listened to the uh, Pete DeBoer uh, interview after the game, and they talked a lot about Olafson. Actually, there's a lot of questions about him, and he was saying how he thought he played fantastic, and he gave the highest praise that I've heard of heard him give of any of the AHL players who have come up to play yet. And he was saying he definitely didn't get the ice time that he deserved, and that he's looking to get him more ice time next game, which I thought was fantastic. I mean, yeah. I couldn't agree more with all that.
2: And just to kind of prove your point even more, with how good Olson played in that game, he was the second in goals expected for for the Dallas Stars in that game. He had like wow. he had like a .93 in expected goals for that game. It yeah, it really was it was pretty crazy that he didn't score. Honestly,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what we were saying last night too. The eye test said that, and I guess advanced analytics proves that as well
0: always good for james to have those little stats in his back pocket he always has
2: money Puck i looked it up last night after the game after the podcast i was looking at money puck and it it showed that i was like oh wow
0: okay (laughs) i love money puck there so what was the most impressive thing about his i about how he played in the game last night because there were several things that you could point to I thought it was the
1: fact that he got to goal-scoring locations. I mean, it felt a lot like what Jamie Benn does, and he's just going to the net. So he doesn't care about where the puck is or what's going on. He's going to the net, and he's going to go and try and score. He wasn't just trying to make the right play and not mess up defensively. He was going – he showed up that game to score a goal. That was his goal, and – he deserved one and like like you said with the goals expected stat he was second highest on the team and it's a miracle he didn't get one and if he stays up there and if he moves up a line like we hope well, he does he'll <laughs> we somehow get one pretty them. soon
0: how is that even possible Y'all i, are don't, at the
2: same I don't know we're on the same <laughs> internet and
1: oh whoa. man i made a really good point too whoa
0: whoa that okay, was that
2: crazy was... yeah Did I just talk really fast afterwards yeah
0: yeah it was yeah. weird it, it like froze and then you went blah, 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 and then all of a sudden you were there just staring at us like we had heard every single word you said so, so. everyone caught all that, right? right. <laughs>
2: yeah go go back to youtube and slow it down
0: i might
1: disconnect for a second i think i'm on the wrong uh wi-fi so if i leave i'm sorry
0: okay well it's james's turn anyway so james What was the most impressive thing that you saw from Frederick Olofsson's play?
2: It was 1,000% where he was. He was getting in the right places to score, like Chris said. And we really, that's what we need right now. We need someone who's going to play on hopefully the third line, which is where I want, I'm hoping he gets to play next game over Kiwi to be able to score on that line. At this point, I don't care if Sagan is the one scoring or not. As long as someone on the line is able to score consistently, it does not make a difference to me.
0: Yeah. So, was it really that Olofsson was creating his own chances in the offensive zone, or could you attribute that to the play of Fox and Glendinning a little bit? What do you think?
1: I think it's for sure a little bit of both. Like I said, he he did the work of getting to the scoring area, which is this thing that I think the fourth line never does for whatever reason. They always work hard on the boards, but no one goes to the net. So I think that was kind of a missing piece there. But I think he would be better suited in a more offensive line, like with say and Delandria. And I think Kibiranta is better suited for a fourth line role as well.
0: And, and then plus he's looked really good with, Fox and Glenn Denning. The the three of them together have looked excellent as a fourth line, whether it's not necessarily, you know, scoring, obviously, but like they spend time in the offensive zone. And if they're going up against, you know, the first line or the second line, then that's time that the first and second line of the other team doesn't get to play in our off in our defensive zone. Yeah. So I mean that's exactly what you want out of a line like that. It's an energy line. And then plus on top of that, what I really liked about Frederick Olofsson is that he didn't look at a place. Mm. I, I, he's not a young guy, so he's twenty six. So he he's probably as good as he's gonna get, right? And what was different about him compared to Tufty is that we wanted something certain out of Tufty, and we weren't getting out of weren't getting it at all. The, he just wasn't there. He he'd been really good offensively in the AHL. He just we just didn't see it at the NHL level with two three games that he played. I forget how many it was. But Frederick Olafson was more noticeable. He fit the chemistry of the team way better than Riley Tufte did, and he did it in less games. He did it in one game, in minimal shifts. Like he, he didn't even have double-digit time on ice in minutes. So, I mean, imagine what this guy could do if he's given you know 10, 11, 12 minutes compared to nine and a half. And hopefully, we don't take so many penalties tomorrow. But. Yeah, and that's
1: for sure just experience too. I mean, the guy's been playing hockey for a long time. He He's confident in his ability at this point. Tufty's still like, oh, maybe I can't play in the NHL. He's a young guy. He's more exciting and he has more potential for sure. But Olofsson, he, he knows his game and he plays it good. So I, I think that's why he kind of wasn't on our radar because he wasn't the exciting, shiny toy. But like, he, he's a solid player. You know what you're going to get when you when you bring him up. And that's, that's why you have guys like that on your AHL rosters.
0: So, and I'm assuming that we would say all of this, but for the bottom two lines, we would like to see DeLandria stay on the third line. Kivi Ronsa go down to the fourth and see how that lines up against uh, Minnesota on Thursday. Is that what we're kind of looking at?
2: Yeah, that's what I want to see. And also maybe with DeLandria having played in the AHL too, he probably has played with Olufsen some too. He might have some chemistry there too. Who knows?
0: All right, cool. Um... And by the way, uh, Christian, Riley Tufty's not really a young guy anymore. He's he's 24, so oh, I think he's – He's has, still a, he's a shiny, shiny toy. Years. He's big. He's, big. <laughs> he's <laughs> big and that's scary. Big. He's, he's big and he's a first-round pick. So I think that's the shiny part out of all of it. Probably. A little bit. So um, anything else about Olufsen?
1: Excited. Hopefully you can keep it up.
0: Yeah, and if he plays just as well as he did against Minnesota, like he did against uh, the oh my gosh, Nashville, my gosh, my my brain is that's an irrelevant right team anyway. So that's fine. Yeah, Trashville. Then I'm excited to see what he can do. Maybe he stays up with the stars and Gary Onof continues to be a scratch when he comes back. So, anyways, uh, let's move on a little bit. I'm gonna add in a quick little side segment here and something we didn't talk about off air, but I really want to talk about the central division right now and look at each of the teams because I I think it is important to kind of look at the teams and see how they're doing compared to how the stars are doing. And I, I think it's worth the time to look at the comparison between some of these teams. So one of the things I hear about Dallas and let's just start with Dallas up at the top, because they are, first in the division, they're almost their first po- uh, points percentage wise in the West is that they have an easy schedule. Now, w- what would your response be to that in the fact that they have an easy schedule and they just have a good record because they have an easy schedule?
1: I mean, it's so, just not true. If you look at no. Puck statistics, they objectively have not had an easy
2: schedule. They've actually been on the harder end of the schedule. So that's just an incorrect statement. I mean, we've been playing, we've been playing the other conference most of the time. I feel like this season so far, and that's that conference is much more competitive than our conferences right now.
1: Yeah, and we're probably in the worst division as well. So us not playing divisional opponents as often probably is hurting us more than helping us
2: because our division is not yeah. great. And the only division opponent that we've played a lot is Winnipeg, and Winnipeg's the second best <laughs> person. Well, opponent and in nashville because we played nashville one and two. we played nashville three times now okay yeah. great we haven't we, played the coyotes won- but once we haven't played chicago at all no we played chicago once but like once yeah. it, we're still we're playing the top teams in our division we have most of our games in hand on on the bottom of our division
0: and that's not at all my feeling at all. By the way, that that's just what I've seen on social media from other teams, and I, I won't be specific about which teams. But I think there are I I think where
2: people get that idea, it's just because the stars either just like blow people out, or or they lose by like one goal. So when when they see us blow people out, it's always the worst teams. Always, I mean the the. What was the best team we blew out this season so far? I think the Jets, 4-1 at home, probably.
0: At the beginning of the season.
2: All the other games are one-goal games, it feels like now.
1: Especially recently.
0: Yeah. And the thing about the Stars is they're... I think the biggest difference from this year compared to last year is the goal differential. You have to look at the goal differential. And the fact that they're plus 27, which is, I mean... There's a couple of teams in the East that are pretty – there's two that are better. Obviously, it's it's Toronto and Boston. Boston is playing out of their minds. Toronto has Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, William ne- Nylander, all those guys. So the fact that the Stars are doing that well, they're best in the West right now with goal differential. And I think that's the biggest difference between last year and this year. Plus, you could also argue that the goaltending this year is better with the Stars – than it was last season. Oh, a thousand percent, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, Otter definitely found something in that Flame series, and yeah, he's been fantastic. But also, not just goal differential, we're almost the best in the Western Conference. Period. At this point, I mean, we're one point behind Vegas right now. Our record in the last ten games is seven two and one. It's just been fantastic, and we've kind of, kind of consistently been there. The only time we dropped below that is when we had one of our best players hurt, either Haskin or Otter and since
0: then we've been great and you could argue that ottinger or er, was not as big a loss as hayskinen was and you could you could I, easily look at the look at the stats and say Wedgwood did okay while while ottinger was out but when yeah. we didn't have mirror he's in that really hurt us
2: yeah but i would very easily argue that otter's injury was probably a lot worse for us it, it lasted a little bit longer and it it obviously had some lingering effect because for the for the two weeks after order came back he did not look that great
1: well and his save percentage objectively dropped some i mean we saw it did he he averaged around like eight eight ninety i think at, for the yeah, two weeks it, after it was his bad
2: <laughs> i mean the i think the best game he had in there was like a game against the ducks maybe
0: <laughs> mm.
1: it, it and then and then since since 2 weeks after his injury he's been fantastic again he is now yeah. averaging 920 save percentage i mean that's just objectively he had to get his honestly. legs back underneath him to from the injury and once he got him back he's right back to his form and i think he's just as confident as he was to start the season so yeah. if he stays that way mm-hmm. we're going to be one of the best teams in the league obviously we're doing it right now and, and it I doesn't think even it honestly doesn't look it, that hard
2: <laughs> yeah and since we're uh, do we want to go ahead and transition into just otter do it
0: yeah, um, we can come back to the other teams in a second. Go ahead and talk about Otter. All right. So th- this is this is kind of the
2: crazy thing about Otter. So y'all wanted me to go look at the past couple of games, but I thought what was more important was looking at the home and away save percentage. So the home save percentage is a 903, and the away save percentage is a 940.
0: Well, so,
2: <laughs> so and I, part of that has to do with we were we did start the we did start kind of more on the road and then he got hurt on the road. And when we came back, we were finally at home and that's when he played again. So I think that has a lot to do with it, but, but also he he's just, he's a competitive dude. When he goes into other buildings, he obviously is. He's out for blood. He, he wants the home team to lose every time.
1: <laughs> yeah. He, he's one of those guys that looks for a reason to get a chip on his shoulder. So Being in the road and having everybody in the building hating you, or being in Nashville where everyone's chanting "you suck," that probably drives some (laughs) fire
2: underneath. No, thousand percent it does, man.
0: So, I mean, what's the is is that really just the biggest difference that he just likes to hack the other? teams off their their fans and that's why he's so good on the road compared to being at home I really think it is <laughs>
1: I think it is I think he has I think he has the Eddie Belfour effect I mean Belfort is a guy who was looking for that crap too he was looking to pester the other team to drive some fire and some yeah. emotion into the game and I think Otter feeds on that kind of stuff I mean yeah. we we mentioned last year before the playoffs how in big games is when he plays his best throughout his entire career all the way down to college hockey that's when he would play his best whenever the most was on the line. So he likes it whenever it is high stakes, high pressure. And boy, was that the case in the Flame series. That showed that he could be one of the best goaltenders in the world when he has the most pressure on him. So that that is an intangible thing to have in a goaltender.
2: He he's he
0: truly definitely made his
2: he's truly probably, probably the Brown. most clutch goaltender in the NHL.
0: And what's nice is that we can count on that experience that he gained against the flames. And I mean, I don't see why we couldn't maybe not to the same extent. I, th- I think what Hopefully he did, <laughs> but if, if he has to go to that extent, we don't deserve to win the series. But like the, the fact that he can do that and have that experience is ridiculous. And we can count on him to be a big, to step up his game in the playoffs. I mean, and, uh, you mentioned Eddie, Eddie Belfort, Chris, uh, the, I don't know if this is why you mentioned him, but the hockey guy actually just did a video on Ed Belfort, like within the last two days. And one of the things that was startling about his statistics was even if he had like an average regular season, his postseason numbers were just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, like 20 points higher percentage wise with his save percentage. So that that's something that I think we could see from Ottinger as well going into the playoffs this season. It's like, even though he's had his down spells and obviously not right now, he's doing really well, but he's had his down spells. We can count on that, that clutchness. Like you said, I guess, Chris, That uh, dog. In the yeah, that's the way to put it. So, and he has been playing absolutely fantastic out of his mind, uh, recently, especially after I kind of ragged on him a little bit and I, I don't think y'all really like I mean, that as, as well, much, but to be, to be honest, it, it was slightly
2: warranted, but he was coming back from an injury still, I think.
1: And he was still playing decently. He just wasn't yeah. playing like one of the, he wasn't playing like a top 10 goaltender was the only thing. Mm-hmm. He was just playing like a fine goalie,
2: which, a number one which would, which
0: wedgwood already did just
2: fine. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. So uh, do you all want to transition back into the, into the teams real quick?
2: Yeah,
1: just talk about how the Central sucks.
0: Yeah, the Central doesn't suck, actually. I I think the reason why the Central Division kind of gets a lot of crap is just because it is one of the most competitive divisions. And yeah, I know the point totals are lower than the others, but we talk about parity around the league right now, and what that means is that any team can win any night. It's not like... I mean, it's not like there's teams that always are going to lose. Even the bad teams are going to win sometimes. I mean, look at Arizona. They're winning more games than we thought they were going to this season. So with Winnipeg and the way that they're playing, obviously it's Connor Hellebuck and they've been kind of 500 lately. They've, they've kind of tailed off after a really good hot start. Um, I don't know if this is a team that we should be worried about guys. As the Dallas, are, I, I'm I I know that seems crazy because they're only, uh, you know, five points behind us, which it seems like a lot, but it's not. But I, I'm not as worried about them as I am some other teams.
1: Yeah, they're definitely a playoff team, but they were way playing over their uh, actual skill level because they had how many like overtime wins have they had? All it's of them. A, a it's, lot. <laughs> it's a ridiculous amount. It is. It's it's crazy. I think it's it's seven actually. Yeah. Only 14 regulation wins. They have seven overtime and shootout wins. That is ridiculous. And like you said, Connor Hellebuck has stolen a ton of games for Winnipeg as well. They were their goals above expected was also I think top of the league at the time before this dry spell that they've come into. So,
2: and and not that's, to say I called it, but I called it. And that's one thing that I would give. The stars credit for because the stars were also way above what their goals expected was early in the league early in the season if y'all remember and Mm -hmm. that has definitely dropped off we have seen the offense back off a lot and we're still winning at the same pace
1: yeah finding new ways to win and definitely that's what this whole that's what the road trip was about and that's what even recently has been about too is about not just blowing out teams with their goal scoring but being able to be solid defensively still too And we still have a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense and a top 10 goaltender. So with all that, we're one of the best teams in the league.
0: One of the things I would like to talk about next is I'm really worried about the next two teams. And I think it's really fair to be worried about the next two teams. Um, Minnesota has been sneakily good. They've been very quietly doing really well. And after a really lackluster start, they have really started got getting their game going. And I think a part of that, ha- and I'll go to goaltending again, like I did with Hellebuck with Winnipeg, because I mean, he's a key. Marc-Andre Fleury has figured out his game again. He started off really rough, and all of a sudden, he's fine again. I'm more worried about Minnesota than I am about Winnipeg at this point.
1: For sure. And that's where we thought we would be and that's why the beginning of the season was so confusing because Minnesota was not playing up to their potential and now they are and in the last 10 games they're 7-3
2: and 0 and doing very well. Yeah. I mean I don't know that he's figured it out honestly when I go and I look at Flurry's game logs all of his great nights are against not great teams. I mean the best the best one recently he obviously had a lights out night against Edmonton three games ago but other than that I mean he's he's putting up only good save percent percentages against the bad teams
1: yeah he's also an old man though so yeah
2: you gotta cut him some slack and and And, I mean it 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 really doesn't feel like he is doing that great and overall his season as a whole has been not great and uh, Eric in the comments here actually. Yeah. Is pointing this out too? His his goaltending partner has been much better than he has. He he's posting a 9.20, which is actually one over Otter even. So he's playing even better than Otter has over the season, and it's it just feels it it feels like it's not really Flurry there. Honestly,
1: have they have they gone to Gustafson a lot more recently? Like in the past ten games, that would be interesting.
2: I think they're still kind of switching them in and out but recently the the last three games that flurry did play he played well but i think they're playing with guviston right now interesting i mean goalie battle in minnesota at the very least yeah it's it's a goalie battle right now is what it is and i think that's why you're seeing Flurry's stats better because he does he wants to be yeah talk about a
1: competitive goalie flurry is definitely yeah there you go
2: right there I mean, it's the same. And, I mean, it, we saw that when him and Otter were playing against each other in the Chicago game <laughs> last season.
1: And the first Vegas Golden Knights game
2: ever in history against the Dallas Stars. I mean, Stars. <laughs> I, I mean it, it, it both the goaltenders are just crazy computers. Computers. So,
0: here's his last five computers. games. Now, he hasn't played against, like, top, top teams, I guess you could say. But it, it doesn't matter he's still got really good stats so he's four and one in his last five games here's the last five save percentages from gustafson 969 uh, and then he had one off game against san jose 833 and then he had a 929 against ottawa a 941 against detroit and then he shut out Van- the vancouver canucks so going from there he's he's played excellent and he's given his team a chance to win yes i know it's against lesser opponents but he's getting the job done when he's been asked to, to be put in net so i i mean i i could see how gustafson would be playing better than uh flurry right now so eric thank you for pointing that out for us but continuing on i'm even more scared about the next team just because and if you haven't been following the NHL this season, then you don't know what I'm really talking about here. But Colorado. So Colorado in their last 10, they're 6-3-1, which is nothing to write home about. But what's really surprising is that they're 19-12-2, which for the defending Stanley Cup champions is not very good. But if you go and look at the fact of what they've been going through, the amount of injuries that they have, it's absolutely freaking ridiculous who is is on the injured reserve list for them yeah
1: yeah their their record with all the injuries is actually pretty solid and they've been pretty consistent too i mean they are consistently about six and four seven and three every time i look at the last 10 category there so they're just steadily climbing up the ranks and to have so many people injured and so many people that they lost from the stanley cup team too i mean cotter is a huge piece that has gone and that's just one of them and they're still in a playoff spot. So that's definitely, you don't want to draw that team if if they're still in a wild card spot at the end of the season.
0: So Andrew Cogliano has been hurt recently. Uh, Martin Kaut is, has been out. Pavel Frenso, Uh I think they're still dealing with uh, Landis Gog being out. And they're also dealing with McKinnon also being out. And then on top of that, I believe they've got... Josh Manson, who is out, who they picked up from Anaheim at the trade deadline last season. And then they've also got, there's a couple more defensemen. I, I think it's Sam Girard and Bowen Byram. So three of their top four defensemen are all out right now. And yet they're still able to be at least a game above 500. So when they get healthy, holy crap, watch out for them. Yeah. So. That's a team I'm more scared of than win- even Winnipeg.
1: Yeah, and if you're a um, betting guy, bet on them to make a late charge in the season for sure. They're going to be in the top three 100%. probably when it's all said and done.
2: I think they'll be top two, honestly. I don't think, I don't think, even, with them just staying as close as they are, there's a very good chance in my mind that they end up first in division regardless.
0: And then let's combine both of these next two teams in the same category because I'm really surprised with these next two teams. Uh, St. Louis and Nashville. Nashville, a little bit less surprised, but very, very surprised at St. Louis and what they've been doing. Um, Is it really surprising to see these teams being as like Lester as they've been? Because a lot of people had both of these teams making the playoffs and not well, the Stars. And yet the that... Stars are first, and St. Louis and Nashville are fourth and fifth. Yeah, the the dumb
2: thing about Nashville and why Nashville probably shouldn't have been in people's playoff list is that they had like their entire team have a career season. I mean, your your team is not going to repeat that again. That's just it's not going to happen. So Nashville, to me, that is not surprising at all.
1: Yeah, and then the Blues had the most twenty goal scorers of any team in the NHL last year. How many did they have, James?
0: It's nine. Yeah. yeah,
1: they had nine, 10. nine yeah, different 20-goal scores. That's not going to happen again either. No. I mean, yeah, it, it's kind of surprising, I guess, if you didn't pay close attention. But with the stats that James was feeding me, I was pretty confident that these teams could fall off too. I mean, they could have repeated what they did,
2: but it just wasn't likely. So yeah, it, I'm not super just- shocked to see them drop. It was just the the fact that what they did was really crazy when you looked at the stats. And yeah. if you didn't look at the stats, it looked normal. You're like, oh, whatever. The team was like pretty good. They they made it into the playoffs. I mean, but you look at the stats and you look out how they, how they got there. It was just, it did not make any sense to me.
0: And then we finally have the last two teams in the Central Division. We've got Arizona and we've got Chicago. Chicago... Everybody knew that they were going to be bad, and it was designed that way. They're, they are in full tank mode for Connor Bedard, who is, according to some scouts, the next Connor McDavid, maybe even better. And then you look at Arizona, and I gave Arizona a chance, actually, and I went and watched one of their games. They're not boring to watch. I, I, I thought it was going to be boring to watch, and I thought they were just a hardworking team, which they are but they're actually fun to watch. So I mean, I mean, this is probably like perfect scenario for Arizona. You're still losing a lot of games enough to get a good draft pick in this very deep draft. But yet you have a team who's still, you know, pretty competitive most nights and able to scare some teams and they're fun to watch. I mean, if they're fun to watch, people are going to come watch them.
2: They they score more than Nashville does. That's for sure.
1: (laughs) For sure. And And and, and about in about two three years, Arizona's going to be a good team again. So, not too much longer, I think, for Arizona fans. Chicago, that's a whole yeah, different got, story. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yep.
0: Chicago they, might be there got, for a
2: second. We'll see.
0: Yeah. Arizona's got Machelli coming up. They've got Logan Cooley. Um, if they can hold on to Chikrin, that would be great, And but it doesn't look like they're going to. But still, they've got a lot of good young prospects that are coming up. So, I think it's... It's going to be fun to see how Arizona does. So, Anyways, uh, real quick question. With us basically a third through the season, how do you think it's going to end up? Are there four Central Division teams that make the playoffs, or are there five? And then what's the ranking at that point?
1: I think it's four. I'm confident in this right now. It's going to be four. Number one is going to be Dallas. I think they're going to hold on to it. Number two is going to be Colorado. Number three is going to be Minnesota. Number four is going to be Winnipeg. Yes, they're dropping all the way down, but I still think they make it. And I only think four teams are going to get in from the Central.
2: So, who do you say for the Pacific then? Since no idea. You formed for? No idea. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Chris is like, Fair I, know. Enough. I don't watch them. Yeah. Fair enough.
0: In the Pacific, if you're really that curious, James. Ooh, that's actually really hard. That's that's what I'm saying. Because because in the Pacific and, 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 you have the wild card here. Seattle yeah. is the team that could be top three, make it in the wild card, or not even make the playoffs. Yeah. I think Seattle drops out. Ooh, that's
2: I don't know, man. It's 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 so hard to say because just just the 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 Flames have looked really not great with that. <laughs> with Cooper, no. They have they have not looked good, and Markstrom is not having a good year. Honestly. It's, it has been rough for them, and I don't see. I I haven't seen anything from them that makes me think that they're going to get it together at all.
1: And then same kind of thing for Edmonton. They're kind of back to square one after a great year last year. They have no goalie, and the only two players they have are McDavid and Joycidele.
2: Yep. <laughs> that's it. Yep. I mean, it, it, it's it's so it's so confusing with those Alberta teams, man. They they <laughs> they're so. I mean, the Flames were so good last year. They really were. They were a, a really good team. And this year, they just it just looks like they can't do anything.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, it's because they had this, be... the second best line in hockey. That's why. And yeah. then they lost two-thirds of that line, and they're gone. So that's why they're sucking it up now. And they've got new players. And we even saw with Pavelski when his first year, his regular season was not good because he was in a brand new place for the first time in his career. So I mean Huberto's there for the at a brand new place. He thought he was going to be a lifetime flame or a panther, excuse me. And then Weger as well. And then like you said, um Markstrom's not having a good season either. So I think they'll figure it out. I think they'll figure it out. I'm not saying they're going to win the division cuz Vegas will win it, but Calgary they're either third or they make a play, they make a wild card. That's that's what I think. I just I they'll figure it out. I
2: don't know that they make it this year honestly. I really don't think that they're going to figure it out.
0: Well, if you had to ask me what I thought, obviously Vegas is number one. I'll go out on a limb and I'll say that Seattle is going to figure it out and they get number two. And the reason being is because Los Angeles, I don't think they have the capabilities of keeping it going. And here's the other thing, and it's weird. Seattle has only played 32 games, Seattle. No, yeah, Seattle has only played thirty two games and Los Angeles has played thirty eight. That's weird. So Seattle has six games in hand. So if they win every, now they're like they're gonna win every single game that they have in hand, But you add twelve points to that total. They have fifty two points right there. So I mean, I, I think they can do it. I think they can do it, and I think they get second in the division. Edmonton will figure it out, and Calgary will be the wild card. So I think it's four and four. And Chris, by the way, I, I agree with your Central Division rankings. I think that's how it's going to go.
2: You drop the Kings out of
0: the playoffs completely, then Ryan, right? I do. Hmm. Fair enough. I I think last I think last year was just they, it, they think they're ready to take the next step, and they're just not quite there yet. I think they're they're, they're on the upswing. I, I think they just overperformed.
2: I think they'll get, they're going to end up being a wildcard team and then they're going to upset someone in the first round.
0: <laughs>
2: well, that would suck
0: for Vegas, that, Vegas that, again. That's a long call by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, um yeah, that's just a quick look. I say quick look and it took us like 20 25 minutes to do it, but it was so fun. <laughs> Hey, hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKeen Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into even bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger Payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Bet five dollars on any NHL team to win their game and get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. <laughs> Let's get into we need to talk about hints a little bit because hints has overtaken as the stars go-to man when it comes to goal scoring. Um, it, it's kind of amazing how quickly Robertson's goals have just kind of dried up. I, I think it, he'll get back to it. It may take a little while, but it's not like Robertson's not producing in a different way, right? He's mostly getting the assists now, so it's like they've yeah. flip flop places now. So he's still is his,
1: and he's still the third highest goal scorer in the NHL. <laughs> right. Exactly. Don't forget I think about he that. One
0: goal. He scored one goal in the past seven games or something like that? Something Something crazy? And it was an empty netter. It was an empty netter, and (laughs) he's still
1: number three in Rocket Richard.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Which, by the way, random side note, Connor McDavid, just stupid. (laughs) He's got like ten more points than the next closest person, and the next closest person is Leon (laughs) and They're on the freaking same team. (laughs) That's insane. Okay, anyways, Hintz has been excellent, and just how he's been scoring goals. It's been on the power play. It's been at opportune times, just like Robertson was doing in his long point streak. I mean, you look at the last game, less than a minute to go. That is a superstar elite move by Rope Hintz.
1: Yeah, and really he's been fantastic ever since he signed his new contract, which he absolutely deserves, and is honestly for your number one center for the next what, how long was it? Eight, years? eight years? Yeah, eight year contract extension. Eight, years. $8 million dollars. That is a steal for your number one center. And this guy, he, he he's not as flashy as like a Tyler Sagan would be. But it seems like it's a lot more consistent because of how good of a two way forward he is. So everyone always talks about how good of an offensive player and a defensive player he is. But this month, since his contract, all offense. The first game after his contract was December 1st against Anaheim. Two assists, two points. The game after that is when he blows up against Minnesota in that crazy comeback, and he scores a hat trick and an assist for a four-point night. And the most recent two games against Montreal and Nashville, both two-goal outings. So in the past 13 games since his contract, he has 16 points. So he has been – he definitely took over from where Robertson was going. Yeah. Uh, Hasn't been in streaks, but he has had – he schooled Gores and – he schooled Sco- scold. He has scored
2: goals in bunches. There we go. And
0: you're just, sounding like there. Chris.
1: Yeah, I was a tongue tie. I couldn't get out. of
2: <laughs> And just that whole line in general, it, they're, they're the best line in hockey right now. I mean, the, the, yeah, line, the, it, the stat that people like to use for d- discovering what the best line is in hockey is, is kind of, they, they use it a lot. It might not be what they like to use the most, but they use the plus minus stat for the best lines, right? Pavelski sitting at a plus 22 and Robertson and Hintz are both sitting at a plus 19 Pavelski has the second best plus minus in the league and Hintz and Robertson are tied for the fifth best.
1: Yeah, that's crazy.
0: Well, and the thing that a lot of people discount, well, maybe they don't discount it. They just don't talk about it as much is their defensive play. I mean, they, they score goals and they don't give up goals. Regardless of who the the defense pair is on out there. Now a lot of the time, given it it probably is Miro Haiskinen out there, but still. And I, the fact that they're that good is is remarkable. Yeah. And I think it's
2: even crazier for Rope Hence because Hence plays on the penalty kill. I mean, Robertson and Pavelski don't play on the penalty kill. Hence <laughs> plays on the penalty kill and has the same plus minus with them. Yeah. That's pretty yep. ridiculous.
0: And that's the thing about hints is that he's a, he's a complete player. He can play in any situation he plays in overtime. He plays penalty kill. He does power play. He's five on five. The number one center he can, he, he, I've seen him be the guy five on three before when Foxa or Glenn and Glenn and Denning are both in the box that happened once, yeah. I, I mean, it, and- it's just ridiculous what he can do and he can do everything. Like, and, he can literally do everything, and on top of that, he can score 30 goals a season.
1: And that's the right Maybe guy to than. sign to a long-term contract as your number one senior for the team. I mean, that's that's your biggest leader role, other, like, other than the vocal role of captain, obviously. That's the guy who leads the pace of play, and that's the guy who I want to be on the team for eight years, and it's at
2: a great deal, too. Great contract by Jim Nill the past two years. And may I just point out that he should be shooting a lot more because he has a... <laughs> 20 point two shot percentage this season. Goodness. Shoot yeah. more. How many shots does he have? How 89. many shots? Does he, have? he hasn't even gotten to 90 yet. Guess how many We're Robertson right has? Up. Robertson has 148. And oh still gosh. has it still has a 19.2 <laughs> shot percentage. Yeah. It oh that's 16, 16.2, sorry.
1: In the game where Hints had the hat trick against Minnesota on December 4th, <laughs> he had three shots.
2: They all went in. <laughs> Every single time he, he shot the like, puck, it went in the I, net. I don't know why he ever passed it that game.
1: <laughs> he got an assist, too.
0: <laughs> he, he just needs to shoot it. Shoot it every single time now from here on out. So,
1: And, and he has been shooting uh, more, and that's what's been getting him goals more this month, too. If you go go look at those shot totals, like you can do game log, go look at his shot totals. They have gone up substantially this month, and his goal scoring has gone
2: up substantially. Yeah. He, well, needs, go. he needs to shoot a lot more.
0: Well, let's move on. Uh, We got a couple of questions that we were asked uh, that we need to talk about. Uh, We've sort of kind of talked about it slightly, but people are still asking. So we'll go ahead and kind of refresh people's memories about what we think they should do. Uh, But first off, uh, let's look at some of our Twitter questions. All right. Uh, Drew Butler. Hey, Drew, a friend of the show, always listens. Uh, He's asking, what does this team need to be considered what does this team need in order to be considered as a cup contender? And if possible, give some names of some legitimate targets that they could, that they could go after. So what, what do we need and who, who might be that person? You
1: you need someone to play with Tyler Sagan to make the third line, a legitimate scoring threat. And er, the majority I'll say of the cup teams that have been like blow it out of the water. Good have had a good scoring third line. Think about Tampa Bay, Colorado, all those teams. I mean, they have had three lines that score almost every night. Um, the person I think would be great there is Bo Horvat, but that's really, that, I mean, that's oh, a stretch. But <laughs> <laughs> anything, any player, I mean, Olafson. if Olafson if steps up into that role, I'm fine. I don't care.
2: Just somebody has to do it. <laughs> And, and at this point, it doesn't even matter if it's just they're just having a season year or something. It They just, it someone needs to do it.
0: So for me, what I'd really like to see as a legitimate target gonna and No, I'm not going to talk about defensemen here. We're on forwards here. Um, this was interesting because he's kind of had it rough with where he is. And He's on a really bad team this year. So what about Gustav Nyquist? What about Former Detroit Red Wing. He, he's been good. He's on, He's a little on the older side. He's 33. I think he, his contract is up this season. I think it is. No idea. And I have no I don't remember off the top of my head either. But I think that's a team that the Stars could go after. He's not a big-name guy, so he's probably not going to – get a, the, the jackets are not going to get a huge package in return for him. Like Bo Horvat is, I mean, Bo Horvat could two first round picks and like a, a third line forward or something like that, something crazy insane saying like that. But I think Gustav Nyquist might be a, a good option for that. Now I forget where I saw that from, but I, maybe do, do y'all know enough about Gustav Nyquist?
1: No. But (laughs) anything, I don't care as long as something is done because that's an obvious hole. I mean, on the stars, that is the most obvious flaw on the team right now, I think, is that we can't find anyone to play with Sagan and nothing is really clicking. If you can find something to, at least a player who can play on his own even and just force Sagan to get better, that's great too. We just need some help there. It's, It's an obvious spot that we need help.
0: I think kiwi and Delandry are playing well with sagan but they're just not scoring goals that's their problem that's what that's really what we need in order to get this team up to that stanley cup contender status more than anything and but here's the other thing is that second line of ben johnston and Marchment has to keep going as well and if they still start to falter then that puts a ton of pressure on that top line to score even more goals and they haven't been required to score a whole bunch of goals, even though they still continue to do so, because that second line of Johnston, Ben, and Marchman have been so good, and they've been creating quality scoring chances and making the best of it and actually getting goals. So I-, I think that's just what it is that you just need somebody to play with Sagan, Maybe Gustav Nyquist, maybe Bo Horvat. We'll see. Um, two more questions. Uh, Skyler from Twitter, what would be the best options to free up some cap space? Obviously, it's around the same vindictive area as this whole Stanley Cup contender status, but what do you think we need to do in order to free up some cap space?
1: Yeah, the most fun things to talk about, armchair jamming. Um, <laughs> the obvious thing is Guryanov. Um I think, especially now that he has issues going on, it's just hurting us overall, but also he's just, we've tried to find places for him to fit and he, ha- he hasn't fit. I mean, it's, it's been three years with that same status quo going on. Um, another guy who you could move who's doing a fine job in his role, he's just overpaid, is Roddick Foxa. That's another $3 million contract that can go a long way if you want to sign a high-scoring player instead of having a defensive forward, and especially when you have a player like Glenn Denning who can fill that role pretty seamlessly, in my opinion. I think you, you don't lose a lot. You get the face off still, you still get the hard grindy forecheck, you get the penalty killing still. Yeah, you might lose a few more faceoffs, but we're the best face off team in the league. So yeah. I'll, I'll I'll allow that. Um, and then the, the third one that's kind of more of a stretch would be uh, Dobby. Um, he has a $3 million contract in the AHL. I think we get like 1.5 or 2 million free space somewhere in between it's, there. It's not a lot. It's like 1 million. I- pretty much. Yeah, I, I wish
0: Uri was here because he could tell us it, the exact number because he's yeah. like a, he's I, a capologist. I he thought it was it.
2: like 1.3 million, but it, it, it's it, something like that. It, most of it is buried in the minors and it's really not going to give us that much.
1: Yeah, but either way, a million dollars, I mean, if you give up Gurionov and they take uh, Dobby, that's four and a half million dollars and then they hold on to one and a half, there you go. You got a top six forward. Bing, bang, boom.
0: What would you have to give up in order for them to take those contracts though, right? A
1: whole lot. (laughs) Yeah, like a
0: a first and maybe a third round pick, maybe a fourth round pick. First and a third, first and a fourth, something like that. Or a second
1: and a really good prospect that we have several of.
0: I don't want to talk about that. I'd I'd rather keep (laughs) the prospects we have and just give up the draft picks, man. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Is it worth going after a cup though when you're on your last years of Sagan and Ben? And I mean you you don't know the next time we're gonna be top in the division. I mean we we really don't. It looks really bright right now. It looks like we could be really good for a long period of time, but we don't know that. So you you gotta take your chances when they come, and I think especially in the cap era, I think you gotta be aggressive.
0: All right, moving on. Yes, we got two. Mo- I want to. I want to add one more question because Ardell brought it up, and he's really excited about this. So let's pull this up. Ardell, did you guys see what Leon Bischel did in the World Juniors earlier this week? And if you don't know what he's talking about, th- I think it was. Che- I think he's Czech, right? He's che- he's from Czechia. I don't know.
2: Czechia don't beat know was, Canada. It Switzerland. And, and it was in. Yeah, it was Switzerland. Oh,
0: Switzerland. Thank you, thank you. I, I knew that wasn't right. Uh, Switzerland beat Canada, right? I think I think that's what it was yep. and they won three to two and Liam Bischel was a formidable force like brick He's wall big, dude. <laughs> Skate and, moved the puck. and he did absolutely excellent in that game I actually went and watched the game because everybody was talking about how great he did and my I mean my eyes were glued to him the whole time just because I was so excited to see how what he could do yeah. and yeah He's exciting to watch.
2: It's it's the reason he, the reason he went in the first round is because of his size. That's the reason why the stars picked him instead of any other defenseman that we had options to pick. It's because he's big and he he definitely he's he has the right amount of skill, and you can develop that, that you can develop that even more with how young he is still.
1: Hopefully, drafting the big guy finally pays off for us because it hasn't recently.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could technically say that it worked out for Alexiak in a way, because yeah, he, he, he did. I mean, we, we had to... To Pittsburgh. He had to go to Pittsburgh and come back, and yeah. then he played really well as a second pairing defenseman. Yes. But the obviously Riley Tufty hasn't really worked out. No. Maybe it will eventually, but it hasn't to this point. So and really this guy works
2: out. And really, I shouldn't say that we just drafted him because of his size. It's because he's also in Europe, and we have a lot of scouts in Europe, and... We trust those scouts a lot, obviously, with the Finnish Mafia that we have. So, I mean,
0: that that's really where all that comes from. And what was really funny about it was when he was drafted, there was a lot of Stars fans who knew the draft really well. I, I'm not one of those people. I, I think I could speak for y'all and say we don't really know the prospects really well. But there were a lot of people who were like, no, we don't want this guy. They just drafted him because he was big. And yet he plays like this at the World Juniors. And, I mean, hopefully that continues. The the only thing that I, because th- I got to be negative Nancy here, is it's only against kids his own age, right? So it, it's going to be a lot different he's, if he's playing against, you know, full-grown men, veterans well, who well, can maybe take advantage
2: like- of he's already playing in a league that plays against full grown men. <laughs> that's, that's why he's playing in Europe and not in some North American juniors team. Yeah, that, and, that, and that's another reason why we drafted him.
1: And world juniors is for sure a good indicator of what kind of pressure a player can handle. I mean, some of the best players in the league had outstanding showings at world juniors. and. So being able to handle that kind of pressure because it's a ton of pressure that's probably the biggest thing you get until you get back to the NHL, that's a big deal.
0: So you're right. He's he's most recently has been playing with in the SHL, which is the top league in Switzerland. And Ardell, to answer your question, he's six five. He's a full foot taller than I am. He's huge. That's ridiculous. <laughs> he's enormous. And he's nineteen. So that's not. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how we do. That's pretty big. He's
1: big. <laughs> <He's> big. <laughs>
2: Ruby hands is six, three. Hence is pretty he big too. Well, well, that's Man. because we have, that's because we have Hawk and Pawn Hawk and Paw is six, six, but yeah. That's,
0: that's, that's stupid. <laughs> so, okay. Anyways, we got one more question and then we'll do our, who cares? And it, some guy on Instagram, it's, Zach Cham 433, whoever the heck that is stupid. I have no idea who this guy is. He's probably an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about, but he asks who has been the biggest surprise so far this year, good or bad, which is interesting. So who has been the most surprising for the Dallas stars, good and bad. Let's just do one each. By the way,
1: that's our brother. So we were not just being mean to somebody. (laughs) Um,
2: The biggest Come surprise on Chris, for me to let
0: people let, let them think that
2: I was just being. let them be <laughs> mad at us. <laughs> the biggest
1: surprise for me is uh, Jason Robertson. I mean, I know he's our best player, but he was our best player last year and he still took an- another massive step. Like I didn't think he could go any higher. I said before the season, this guy, there's no way this guy is a $10 million player. I was dead flat out wrong. I mean, he sh- absolutely should have gotten $10 million, maybe more, because he is an elite hockey player. He is one of the top three scorers in the league right now. No chance I would have said that. I wouldn't have even said top 10. He is amazing. He is fantastic. How
0: much is he making again? He's making 7. like $9 million, 8. right?
1: No, way less. 7.8, I think.
0: <laughs> 7.75.
1: There you go. Dude, right. that's ridiculous. Seven
0: and three quarters million. That's stupid. Just ridiculous. So, anyways, that's just that's just how it is. But, um, uh, who's your most who's your most disappointing? I guess most disappointing surprise.
1: I'll say Foxa. We talked a lot about uh, how his goal production was bad last year, and we kind of gave him an out at the end of the year too. We said he ha- he was dealing with that wrist injury all season, which he was. That's totally true. And we were saying maybe with that healed after the off season. He's got his some hands back, and he can get back to his goal-scoring ways. That has not happened at all. He looks the exact same as he did last season. Um, he was on the power play last night. He had the puck right in front of the net. All he had to do was what Robertson and Rope and Pavelski are so great at, and that's do one pull to the side and push it into the net. Didn't even have to lift it. He just had to go around the goalie. His hands are so slow, it looked like he was moving them through maple syrup. It was <laughs> He couldn't do it. He had a wide-open scoring chance on the power play. He couldn't get it home, so he's just he's just not a goal scorer, and that's just something we have to come to terms with. But if he's not a goal scorer, he also shouldn't be making three million dollars.
0: James, who who is your who is your biggest surprise? I'll give like the best.
2: Surprise. I'll give my biggest surprise since Chris took Robertson. I'm gonna go with someone who y'all aren't going to take. I'm gonna give it to Kiwi, honestly. Cause I honestly, after last year, I thought I thought Kiwi was not gonna even make the opening night roster. I thought I thought that was probably his last season in the NHL. Honestly, and he he has definitely proved me wrong there. He's played amazing on the fourth line and wherever we seem to put him, and he doesn't have the points really to put it up. But the fact the way that he's playing is so much better than he was last season. It is. It's really nice to see. And he has five goals. I mean, no assists, five goals. Sure. I don't care. Score goals. I don't I don't care about assists if you're on the fourth line. Good pick.
0: Most disappointing.
2: I'm also gonna go with someone way down in our lineup. I'm gonna pick Jacob Peterson. I thought he had a decent season last year. He played for most of the season. And he just he he obviously didn't impress in training camp. And he didn't impress when he had his one game in the NHL. So he's playing in the AHL right now. I don't think he's doing great there either. I mean, I, I we we know that a lot of it is just because the game, we got a faster team now. And we're trying to go on the rushes and we're trying to score goals all the time instead of just playing back all the time. Which I think definitely favored Peterson a lot since he gets a little bit more time to move the puck around and think about things. But he just, he hasn't been, he he wasn't anywhere near what I was hoping him to be. I thought he was going to be on the lineup. Like, I thought, I thought Kiwi wasn't going to be on the lineup. I thought Peterson was. And it completely flipped on me.
1: That's what I was about to say. You you have those players flipped.
0: (laughs) I'll do my uh, biggest disappointment. And I'm surprised neither one of y'all said it. It's kind of not fair because we have no idea what he's dealing with right now. Uh, But it's Dennis Garionov. Um, Gary on we expected more out of him through his career and especially even this year going into the season we're like oh this is great he's got an offensive guy at the beginning of the season he was playing on a line with hints and Marchman and the three of them apparently looked great and we never got to see it because all the preseason games weren't on TV so screw you guys but Anyways, that that line looked fantastic, apparently, and that's all that anybody was talking about. We talked about it on our podcast before the season started. And he's been given every single opportunity, every single opportunity. I mean, even at the beginning of the season, he was put on that second line. He was taken off. He had a really good stretch where he was starting to look pretty good, like three, four games, and then he just... He got, he gets elevated in the lineup and DeBoer's trying to push him to get that going. And then he just doesn't take advantage of it. Yeah. he, and he just. He,
1: and he's given every opportunity up and down the lineup too. Like you said, he played second his, line. He played third line. He even played fourth line. They tried to play him as a grinder and he wasn't able to do that either. So at, at that point, yeah, I don't know how I missed that, but that that is the correct answer, Ryan. You are the most correct.
0: <laughs> and the and the thing and i'll point this out too because it's not fair for me to to make him the biggest disappointment and not mention this but we have no idea what the heck he's dealing with i'll, I'll say it again we have i mean whether it's a, the mental side of whatever the heck's going on uh with his family whatever the heck's going on obviously it, it's got to be Russia. affecting him a lot <laughs> it, 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 i mean it, it could have this could have been going on for the last five years and we just had no idea and it's none of our business but it's just it's very sad, not even frustrating, not even frustrating, not upsetting, just very sad to not see him take that next step. Because I was really hoping this season would be his opportunity and he just hasn't done it yet. And I mean, who knows? I mean, he still has an opportunity to come back from whatever the heck's going on. And maybe he figures out whatever the heck is bothering him, What's whatever's going on in his personal life everything's fine and he comes back and scores 25 goals in the last 50 games I, I don't know but it's just very unlikely at this point and it's very sad for me uh for the the biggest surprise I I, I gotta give it to robe I I know it's not that big of, of a surprise I was gonna do Jason Robertson too Chris but since you already said him his line mate they're both second round picks and they're both elite forwards in this league and just like jason robertson is worth way more than 7.75 hints is worth way more than the 3.6 million that i think he's making right now and he's even worth more than what his extension is going to be next season so he's getting double the money and he still deserves more i mean they both of those guys deserve 10 11 12 million dollars and they're not getting paid what i think they deserve And just the way that both of those guys play together is just insane. They have some sort of chemistry that I've never seen before. Not since uh, Mike Madono and Yerry Littman played together on the line. Ever since, they're probably even better than them, arguably. You know, chemistry wise, they're better than both of those guys. And both of those guys' numbers are in the rafters at the American Airlines Center. So maybe at the end of both of these guys' career, their numbers are up in the rafters as well. So. Hopefully. he's my biggest my biggest surprise for this season. All
2: right, we're all done with questions, just, Ryan. Oh, sorry, James. Well, just one other biggest surprise. We didn't mention Jamie Ben. Uh oh. He has right. been absolutely amazing for what yeah. we thought he was going to be. So. We thought it would be Tyler Sagan. All right. Yep. Quick yep. segue into the
1: Who Care segment. Robo Hands has a long neck. Go look at his player profile picture. Oh my goodness. Tyler's <laughs> got a long neck. All right. Moving on. The Who Cares <laughs> segment tonight is going to be cooking utensils so we're doing our top three cooking utensils um that's that's all we had there are no real boundaries to this so uh let's get right into it james number third cooking utensil
2: i'm gonna go with the spatula like like the rubber ones i i I don't know why i like i like touching them (laughs) no the rubber ones i like touching the, the rubber spatulas you don't you don't ever do that
0: that's a little weird Ryan number no, third. okay
2: ryan number three <laughs> <laughs> um
0: i guess my number three will have to be a spatula as well and not the rubber ones and not for the same reason <laughs> as Jay. the i can't stand the rubber ones because and when I'm making eggs for the kids in the morning, I cannot stand that the rubber ones don't get underneath the eggs at all. It's only the metal ones that can get cleanly underneath the eggs or under underneath a pancake or whatever. So it has to be a metal spatula. I cannot cannot stand the rubber spatulas. Just can't well, that, that's Sorry. because
2: rubber spatulas aren't used to flip eggs, dummy. That is true. That is the incorrect
0: Okay, but some people spatula. Okay, yeah. be honest though. Some people use them for that purpose. Okay, no, well they're using
2: them
1: incorrectly if they okay. are. Th- those people are wrong. All right. Those First, people are wrong. Number a third. My number third uh, cooking utensil is the potato masher. Uh the reason for this is because everyone has a potato masher and I don't, I think the majority of them have not used it. And the only thing it is good for is for getting your drawer stuck. So Number third for being the most useless <laughs> utensil that, for some reason, everyone has, and it's not even the best tool for mashing potatoes. <laughs> James, number second.
0: <laughs> this, this is all, we're only on number three, and this has already been one of our weirdest ones we've ever done. All right. Oh my, goodness!
2: My number second is a whisk because I don't know they 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 look cool. They look. I don't know i got (laughs) nothing i'm sorry so much (laughs) stuck in whisk the the second one is a whisk
1: stuff gets stuck in the whisk all the time it's so frustrating ryan number second
0: my number second is and i think i'm calling it correctly is it a baster a little brush you use i love using a baster especially when i'm grilling because it, it it's just so satisfying especially when you're like Making burgers or ribs, and you're smoking them, and you put the barbecue sauce in there. Oh, my morning. number,
1: my, my number second is gonna be uh, the the tongs because they go click click. I like that they go click click, uh, and, it, and it makes it real easy to to flip stuff. I like flipping my pork chops with tongs, but you always gotta you gotta click them before uh, before you use them. That's a law, I'm pretty sure. All
2: right, James, number first. My number first is a a strainer because you need a strainer to make pasta and pasta is really good. And also pasta is what you use to make mac and cheese and mac and cheese is the best. That, that was a good,
1: that's your first good one, James. I agree with that one. And I'm ashamed that, that I missed it. All right. Ryan, number first.
0: My number first is actually something that just, I recently started using more often. And it's been after that. Allison was born because Amanda wanted to eat a little bit healthier. So she's been asking for celery and stuff. So, you know, in order to, to get the celery to taste good, you got to take off the top skin, right? So what do you use? You use a potato peeler. It is the most satisfying thing in the world to take a piece of celery, take the, take the potato, the potato peeler and just go so much fun. I enjoy doing it. And that's my number one. I know that's weird, but whatever
1: you peel your celery
0: yeah like on the bottom you're supposed to take it and you're supposed to peel it off so that you don't get that top skin it's too it's a little rough
1: i don't think i've ever peeled a celery in my life am i eating celery wrong (laughs) maybe comment below (laughs) if you peel your celery i don't know if that's stupid or that's smart but all right moving on my number first is going to y'all put the spatula way too low it is the <laughs> it is the metal spatula. It is the sharp. So there's a metal spatula that has a sharp edge, and that's the best one because then you can cut stuff while it's in the pan. I know it's bad for the pan. I don't care. I buy twenty dollar pans at Walmart. Shut up. But you get cut stuff while it's in the pan. That's good for checking if you're if you if your chicken is like cooked or not. Because you know that's bad if you have undercooked chicken then you just, you die immediately. Um, And then the metal ones, it's really easy to flip stuff with that. And you can stir with them too. I've stirred with them. Uh I, That's my pasta stir is my metal spatula. I just use my metal spatula for everything. It never even goes in dishwasher. It's the only dish that I hand wash because I need it all the time. Metal spatula, number one.
0: Well, who wins?
1: Chris won. Uh, I, I guess for Chris, sure you went
0: because you were the only one that didn't have an awkward one, right? Chris oh, no, sure, I did. Yeah. I
1: had the potato masher. That counts, but I had, that it for, wasn't as I had it as as for a good number reason. reason. James is number
0: three. What?
1: Yeah. Your number one was terrible. Everyone is roasting my you number right now. Amazing. They're, they're saying the potato is the clarinet of utensils, and no one has any idea what you're talking <laughs> about with peeling the celery. If you don't so, know what
0: that means, you haven't been watching long enough. <laughs> I'm, I'm
1: very glad that I am not crazy on that. Cause I really thought that I was missing something when the whole celery game, but anyway, there's the <laughs> who cares segment.
0: Zach saying, "My brothers don't cook often. If you can't tell, no, I No, oh, It's very true. Guilty. Yeah. I don't. I, I use
1: tongs and spatulas. They're the only I had to come up with the mashed potato masher.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. All right. Anything else? Go stars. Go Ooh. stars. Big game. We'll be back tomorrow. with you guys tomorrow night. Yep. Very big game. game against the Minnesota Wild. So we'll be with you guys ah. after the game, as always. And." Quick side thing, congratulations to Jamie Ben for getting engaged. We didn't even mention that. I totally forgot to mention that on, on Tuesday's episode. So, meant to mention that and I forgot. Might as well do it now. Congratulations, Jamie. We're happy for you, man. And uh, we look forward to seeing you score more goals and having a successful season like you have been. 30-goal season, man. He's He's on pace for 30-goal season, so. Anyways, go ahead and check out Starcasticamarks All the latest merch options from yours truly, Starcastic remarks. And, and Fine Pearl Combs talk- are coming soon. Yeah, not even close. Starcasticamarks.com for all the latest info on our episodes and everything. Lots more interesting guests coming soon. Yeah. Go and- ahead and bookmark
1: that StarcasticRmarks.com page. It's great.
0: It's a lot of fun. And I, I, I've been so busy that I haven't even done a blog post. I've been meaning to do a blog post for like a yeah, week it's now. It is Christmas. We, we again, get so. a break. Yeah, that's true. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow along with Chris and James. My name is Ryan. We will get you guys on the flip side, and we hope you guys have a good, fantastic morning, evening, afternoon, whenever you guys are listening. We will see you guys tomorrow night.